Welcome to the Secret of a Successful Life series podcast. After a hard winter, the coming of spring offers many welcome changes. In earlier podcasts, we have heard of the heartaches Oscar Jones has experienced. There are some glimmers of hope. Will Oscar's cold heart ever warm up to the Lord? Rosalind, do you know what a rut is? A rut is a grave with both ends knocked out of it. Now, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Let me explain. In life, whether it's in a marriage, job, family, or even in a church, people can become so used to always doing things that they don't remember the purpose for why they do them. Recalling our purpose in life has to be a part in living a successful life. When Preacher John started to work full-time at the Cedar Grove Christian Church, there were activities that other people started to become involved with again. There was a growing enthusiasm of what the purpose of the church was all about. That was something that our congregation had forgotten. Instead of just meeting on Sunday mornings once a week, we started to meet during the week. There were meetings for the youth, and other people were starting to get involved. That summer, Preacher John got the younger adults to host an ice cream social. The event was well-received, and the idea was expressed that we should do more activities like that in the future. By the next winter, after John had gone back to school, Papa and John were able to organize a huge wood-cutting party for the church. The men of the church cut enough wood that winter to be a year ahead. Now, they would not be so hard-pressed to drop everything and cut wood for the church building when it started to get cold. On one of the buggy visits that Papa was giving John a ride from the depot, John shared about a story he read about some preacher in Nebraska. It seems that some preacher named Guy Daniels had organized a congregation he was at to have a huge rabbit hunt and sell the rabbits to buy oysters for a huge free soup supper. John asked Papa if he thought this might be something that would go over at the church here. Papa was impressed with that. But then Papa responded with something that gave John a hint at what troubled him with the church. Papa explained that if he did something like that, he better make sure that the church treasurer and banker, Earl Hilner, was specifically told how the money was to be spent. This was news to John, but Papa hinted that he should keep a watchful eye on the banker, even if he was one of the big wheels in the church. Eventually, the church did have the big rabbit hunt, and many of the men in the church took part. Surprisingly, even Papa went along and several of his friends that did not go to church. Since the rabbit hunting project was started with a clear understanding that all of the money raised was to buy oysters for a free soup supper. That was how the money was spent. That fall, our church had a free soup supper that brought in people from the nearby area. The free meal was a talk of the community. For once, there was a church that didn't always have its hand out for money. 
There was something different about the church these days. It was fun to be involved with what was going on. One day, John and Papa visited about the church in Nebraska where Guy Daniels was at. It seems that in the article he wrote that they organized a huge woodcutting party for the church there. The woodpile was neatly stacked by the church building. It was noticed that the pile of wood was going down faster than the church was burning it. After the first snow, the tracks proved what was believed to be taking place. The neighbor to the west of the building was helping himself to the woodpile. So one of the church members said he would take care of the problem. That man took a piece of wood and drilled a hole in it. He then placed an M80 firecracker in it and covered the top of the hole with dirt. A few nights later, the neighbors heard a loud boom when the chunk of wood blew up in the neighbor's stove. The explosion blew the stovepipe off the stove and the house was filled with smoke. I can only guess how that man's wife was not very happy with her husband's dishonesty. At least he didn't steal any more firewood from the church after that. Papa thought that was a great story. Then John said, Oscar, there's something about that story that does bother me. How do you think Jesus would have wanted that situation to be handled? Papa thought for a moment and then said, well, I reckon he would want that problem taken care of. And it was. Yes, but I just can't help but think that the Lord would have gone and spoke to that thief personally about it instead of using the firecracker in the wood. It seems that Jesus would do many things differently than the way we think they should be. John responded, well, maybe some of the things, but we have to realize Jesus was and is a real man's man. He was no mamby-pamby pushover. The conversation ended with Papa saying, John, I never thought about the Lord that way. You've given me something to think about. John concluded the conversation with the challenge. Oscar, you are a good man. Can I give you the challenge to spend some time reading the Bible? There are many things about Jesus that you would be impressed with. I mean that. You have some qualities that God could use to bless many people with. Papa, for once, didn't know what to say. He finally said, well, I will give that some thought and look into it. A few weeks later, just before Christmas, one sunny Sunday afternoon, preacher John and his lady friend Neva Lawrence stopped by our farm one Sunday afternoon with a package for Papa. After Papa invited them into the house and took their coats, John said, Oscar, I'm taking Neva home, and we wanted to stop by and see you folks before Christmas. Oscar, you know all those times you came to town to pick me up at the depot and then take me back while I was going to school in Des Moines? Well, I never did give you anything for that, but my thanks. So I don't want to hear any complaints from you. I want you to take this as a gift of my appreciation. All right? John then handed Papa a box wrapped in pretty colored paper. Papa started to unwrap the present in front of us. Mama and I were surprised to see that it was a new Bible. John said, Oscar, when you and I would visit on our trips to and from town, you had mentioned that your Bible had been burned up in the fire. So now you can have one of your own to read. You will notice that it is a newer version than the old King James. It is called American Standard Version. 
It came out just a few years ago in 1901, but I think you will find it to be a pretty good translation. I would be curious to see what you think of it. Papa surprised us when he said, Well, John, I don't know what to say, but thanks. I will take a look at it sometime. After some small talk, John and Eva got into the buggy and headed down the road to her parents' home a few miles away. As they were driving out the driveway, Mama said, You know, it won't surprise me if one of these days our preacher is going to get married. That Neva sure is a nice girl. Papa replied, Yes, with her family living a few miles over in the next township, that will save John some long-distance travel time. You're probably right. I would guess that in the next year, there'll be a preacher's wife in your congregation. The year 1915 might just be a very interesting year at that church. By the time I was seven years old in 1915, a number of changes had taken place. The ocean liner Titanic had hit an iceberg in 1912. Just the year before, 1914, a big war started in Europe. While those events seemed to be a long way from our community, the world seemed to become a smaller place. There were many challenges that were taking place. Preacher John had finished his schooling at Des Moines and was now residing in our community full-time. Easter Sunday was on April 4th that year. That morning, while Mama was getting things ready for church, I ran out to the barn. Papa was putting the harness on the horses so he could get the buggy ready for Mama and me. While watching him work, I said, Papa, would you come to church with Mama and me today? Papa stopped what he was doing and looked away from me. He struggled with what to say and finally said, Oh, Clara, that would be pretty hard for me to do. Not today, honey. Papa had never been to any of my special programs at church, but now that Preacher John was here, there were more and more special events at church. A few Sundays later, John was preaching about the need to follow Jesus. It had been some time since anyone at our church had made any commitment to follow the Lord, but that day it seemed like our preacher was preaching right at me. For some time, I'd heard Mama teach me about Jesus. Grandpa and Grandma also would tell me about the Lord. That Sunday, when Preacher John finished his sermon and the congregation prepared to sing the last song and go home, I had something else on my mind. The sermon was about meeting Jesus and Christian baptism. While the last song was being sung, I shot past Mama and ran to the front of the church where Preacher John stood. I explained that I wanted to follow Jesus and meet him in baptism. There were many smiles and a few surprised looks that day on the faces of the people. I have to say, it was just a little scary standing up in front with all those folks looking at me. So Preacher John had the people sit down after the song and he explained that I'd come forward with the desire to meet Jesus in baptism. He said, Clara, what do you believe about Jesus? Who is he to you? I explained what I had been learning about Jesus, that he is God's son, and that he died on the cross for my sins. I shared that I wanted to follow him all of my life. 
Preacher John said that was wonderful and that he would, first of all, be talking to my parents to make sure they approved of my being baptized. If that was agreeable with Oscar and Mary, then an announcement of the time of my baptism would be shared. That Sunday, when the people left church, most of the people stopped by to shake my hand and say how proud they were of me. I didn't know it then, but there would be more joyful events that would make that day very special for me. When Mom and I got into the buggy to go home, we visited all the way home about what it meant to follow Jesus and my being baptized. I finally said, Mama, what do you think Papa will say about this? Mama said, I don't know, child, but we're going to find out. When we pulled into the farm lane, Papa came out of the house like he always did on Sundays to take care of the horses. While he was leading the horses to the water tank first, I broke the news to him. Papa, I did something different at church today. Oh, what did you do? Did you sing a song by yourself? No, I replied. I went forward and said, I want to be baptized. Papa, I want to follow Jesus. Is that all right with you? Well, sweetheart, what did Preacher John have to say about this? He asked me what I believe about Jesus. Then, Clara, what do you believe about Jesus? Papa, I believe that Jesus is God's son and that he died on the cross for my sins and has come back to life. I want to follow him all of my life. What did Preacher John say about that? Papa, he said that first of all, he would be talking to you and Mama to make sure you approved. And if you did, then we would announce a time for my baptism. Well, let's talk to your mama about this over dinner. Mama, what do you think about your little girl being baptized? Oscar, I know we've talked about this some, but this is something that she's been thinking about on her own. She's not seen anyone else getting baptized lately, so she's not being a copycat. I've taught Sunday school for a long time, and your little girl has some pretty solid understanding of what it means for her to become a Christian. So I think that if she wants to do this, then we should let her do it. That sounds fine with me. Where's Preacher John and Neva eating dinner at today? Mama said that the Kents had invited them to their house. So Papa walked over to the wall phone and cranked the phone for the Kents and waited for them to come on the line. Homer, this is Oscar. How are you doing today? I hear you got the preacher over for dinner. Do you suppose I could talk to him? In a few moments, John was on the phone, and Papa said, You must have had one powerful sermon up there today, preacher. It seems that my little girl is all fired up about being baptized. What do you think about that? John explained that, I seemed to know what I was doing. Papa replied that Mama and he were fine with this and that he appreciated the respect John showed by saying he would ask for the parents' permission first. Then Papa asked when we could have the baptism. John started to mention that maybe next week when Papa interrupted and said, John, from my understanding in the Bible, this is something that people did pretty soon after they made a decision. What about this afternoon? John said, All right, 
Meet me at the fishing hole north of the church building by the bridge at 3 p.m. We'll be there. I don't know what surprised Mama and me the most, that Papa was agreeable about the baptism or that he expressed a hidden knowledge of God's Word that we didn't know he had and that he had agreed to come for my baptism. In those days when people in the rural areas heard the neighbor's phone ring, they would often pick up the phone and listen in. This was called eavesdropping on a party line. Just after Papa got off the phone, Preacher John called a line ring to get everyone on the line, those that were not listening in, and informed them of my upcoming baptism that afternoon. After dinner, we hooked up a different horse to the buggy, and Mama put some dry clothes and towels in a sack for me to use after the baptism. At the time, I didn't think anything about her putting two towels and extra clothes in the bag. I'm not sure if she realized just why she did that. But at the time, she thought maybe they might come in handy. We gathered at the fishing hole north of the church building about 3 o'clock. Grandpa and Grandma were there, along with most of the congregation who had come back to see this event. Preacher John then started to explain that baptism is not something that we do to just become part of the church. Being baptized is not something we should do to get people off of our backs. But this is something Jesus wants us to do because it is his idea. Preacher John then went on to say that everything that would take place in my baptism, other than my agreeing to go under the water and him pulling me back up, would be something that God would do. God would forgive me my sins. God would give me his spirit to live in my life. God would give me a new life that would never end. The real work of baptism is something that God is doing. Many of the people there that day had never heard the subject of baptism explained that way. John went on to quote from the Bible in the book of Romans that in baptism we are united with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. After the sermonette that John gave, he said, Clara, can you tell me what you believe about Jesus? I responded with, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, that he is God's son, and that I want to follow him for the rest of my life. Preacher John said that was good. He said, would you repeat after me? I believe. I believe that Jesus is a Christ, that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of the living God, the Son of the living God. The preacher John asked everyone there that believed that way to say that as well. I was too nervous to notice if Papa was saying anything or not. Preacher John then helped me down into the water, and he said, Clara, because of your good confession of your belief in Jesus and your desire to live for him the rest of your life, you are about to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost for the forgiveness of your sins. At that, John gently lowered me into the water and then pulled me back out of the water. I started to walk out of the water where Mama kissed me and Papa said he was proud of me. 
that was the first time that Papa had ever come to something I had at church. This was truly a wonderful day. Then Preacher John, who was still in the water, started to talk again. Clara, what you did today has caused much rejoicing here and also in heaven. Clara, God has a special job for you in his church. I don't know what it will be, but you will be a great worker in the Lord's church. Clara, don't ever forget this day. And Rosalind, after all of these years, I haven't. Preacher John started to walk out of the water when he suddenly stopped like he had just thought of something important to say. He said, you know, folks, the people in the Bible were usually baptized right away after they decided they needed to follow Christ. Let me ask right now, while I'm still in this water, is there anyone else who have been thinking about making the same step that Clara just made? If so, right now is a good time to do that. Would anyone else like to be baptized today? I don't think anyone there was prepared for what happened next. Suddenly, I heard Papa's booming voice say, Yes, I would. At that, he pulled his shoes off, emptied his pockets, and walked into the water. For years, I have been half mad at God because my parents had died. After a while, I realized that it was not God's fault that they died, but I was too proud to admit I was wrong. It took my brave little girl to do something today that I needed to do a long time ago. So Preacher John, I know you're going to ask what I believe about Jesus. Well, I've been reading that Bible you gave me while Mary and Clara were at church. I believe that Jesus is God's son. I believe that he died for my sins and it's time that I obey his command to be baptized. Like Clara, I intend to follow Christ for the rest of my life. Rosalind, I don't think there was a dry eye in that crowd when Preacher John baptized my papa. When papa came up out of the water, mama greeted him at the water's edge and gave him a big hug and kiss. She then reached down to grab the second dry towel to give him. How did she know that she would need an extra dry towel that day? I don't think she did, but rather God put on her heart to bring it along. What a wonderful day. At that time, only God knew the changes that were about to take place in our lives, in our family, in the church, and in our community. The hope of spring was felt very strongly that Sunday, and I continue to feel it yet today. Today, we have heard how a little child led a hard-hearted soul to make life-changing decisions. Thank you for joining us. We invite you to listen to the next episode to learn more about the exciting changes in the Jones family.